Hello, and welcome to Setting the Standard, the podcast about wireless radio standards creation from the Wireless Innovation Forum. I'm your host, Stephanie Hamill. Today, I'm talking with Forum CEO Lee Pucker about what our committees have been up to and what you can expect to see on the horizon. Hi, Lee. Thanks for joining me today. Sure, my pleasure. All right, so today we are just kind of doing a run through of what's going on with the committees and um, where we're going. So let's just go ahead and get into it. I'll start with the Advanced Technologies Committee because that's where everything starts. Sure. Uh, So the Advanced Technologies Committee within the Wireless Innovation Forum acts as sort of an incubator for all the other different committees. Um, They have a number of uh, projects going on um at any given time and those projects uh can be short-lived or um you know if they start developing a life of their own then they might get spun off into another committee so the first thing that uh is going on right now there is uh they're doing an update to our top 10 most wanted wireless innovations list so this list is uh, uh produced by the membership and it's basically a list of the top 10 things that our members believe uh, are needed to address shortcomings in existing wireless communications from the point of view of uh, different stakeholders in the wireless value chain, uh, radio manufacturers, software and hardware, component providers, operator service providers, spectrum regulators, so on and so forth. So we did a survey of our members and uh, gathered input from them basically on their views on the existing top 10 list and uh, new innovations, uh, either technical business or regulatory, that they feel should be added to the list and how those, would, how those new innovations would rank against the innovations that we uh, currently have. Uh, those are being uh, reviewed by the uh, Wireless Innovation Forum's Chief Technology Officer, Andy Clegg. And um, based on that, he's gonna propose to the Advanced Technologies Committee Steering Group uh, a revised top 10 list that uh, we can put in front of our members to ballot. Okay. Uh, next project that's going on is uh, we have a task group looking at the 3100 to 3550 band. Um, this is a band that the FCC has been looking at for sharing between uh, federal users and the, um, and the co- commercial world. Uh, they just put out a report in order uh, on commercializing the 3450 to 3550 megahertz chunk of that band. And so the task group has basically been uh, studying that report in order and evaluating its impact on uh, the, uh, the impact of uh, the rules on the adjacent CBRS band and uh, how the wind forum can support the uh, informing incumbent capability initiative that was outlined in the report and order that uh, NTIA will be taking up. That's a mouthful, you got that out very nicely. (laughs) Uh, So, all right, so speaking of mouthfuls, so the next group within the ATC is the Unmanned Vehicle Wireless Networking Special Interest Group which nobody can say, so we all just call it the drone SIG. There you go. Um, the, the purpose of the drone SIG is to, uh, right now, is to develop a technical report on the state of the industry on wireless drone networking. And this report is going to provide a description of potential commercial and tactical business models, 
survey of key intellectual properties to date, a survey of commercial and open source application programming interface models for autonomous networking software, uh, existing open source projects, etc. cetera. Uh, so that uh, project is being head up, uh, headed up by John Gloster of Optimum Semiconductor Technologies. Uh, but we've got a, a host of people who've been participating uh, from both academic world, uh, from uh, the government uh, side, as well as commercial industry. That group recently just met uh, with our regulatory advisory committee. So they had a joint meeting with the regulatory advisory committee, uh, really looking at uh, how uh, drone networking can be used to support uh, interference determination by uh, regulators worldwide. Um, for those who don't know, our regulatory advisory committee uh, was established to provide advice and guidance to the WIND Forum in support of the Advanced Technologies Committee. And it's made up of advisors uh, who are in the regulatory or public policy uh, domains from around the world. So we have participation from uh, Canada, Mexico, Germany, uh, the UK, um, where else? All over the world. So that's kind of a nutshell of what's going on in the Advanced Technologies Committee. Great. Okay, so I think I'm going to hop over next to Software Design Systems because I look at that as one of our oldest committees. <laughs> um, I know there's a lot of exciting stuff going on there too. Sure. Uh, yeah, they are one of our oldest committee. In fact, the when the Wireless Innovation Forum was the Software Defined Radio Forum, uh, oh, what is Software Defined Systems? basically was everything we did so yep. um, so their um, their um, goal is to develop and harmonize uh, software-defined standards worldwide um, and they've had a lot of work recently looking at application programming interfaces to standardize things like uh, timing service for software-defined radios, uh, transceiver facilities for software-defined radios, um, basically looking at developing those standards that can be used uh, in connection with other standards that have been developed by different groups. Um, another part of what they've been looking at more recently is they've established a liaison agreement with the SOSA consortium. So SOSA stands for uh since sensor open system architecture yeah mm -hmm. um an another tongue twister <laughs> that's why we have all of our acronyms <laughs> so uh so so this is basically a part of the open group uh, and uh is really set up as an alliance of government industry and academic members to work together, harmonize and align, create open standards to facilitate the development of agile, interoperable and affordable sensors. Now, since there's a wireless component in uh, in this architecture um, and the wireless interfaces follow uh, SDR standards, uh, the liaison was established with the SOSA consortium really to allow us to share the standards work that we've been developing doing uh, related to software-defined radios um, and see how that might be adopted and support the, the goals of the SOSA consortium. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, we had a workshop recently where we uh, interacted with uh, the uh, some of the leadership from the SOSA consortium, got their inputs and, and guidance on what they're doing. And we have a project now within the uh, Wireless Innovation Forum Software Defined Systems Committee, which is really looking at providing sort of a first input to that group. Yeah, that's really exciting too. I think there's a lot of a lot of promise there. Um, okay, so moving on, um, let's do the Spectrum Sharing Committee. Sure. Uh, so the goal of Spectrum Sharing Committee is to uh, develop standards, certifications, capabilities to support the CBRS ecosystem. Um, as uh, many people know, the CBRS is the band from um, 3.55 to 3.7 gigahertz in the US. And that's a band that is uh, shared between commercial users and uh, federal users, primarily the US Navy. So uh, in that band, we, uh, the Wind Forum, the members of the Wind Forum, uh, developed uh, a whole uh, uh, suite of standards to support initial commercial deployment and, and commercial activities within CBRS. And um, those standards are now being used uh, very broadly within the, the CBRS community. Um, all the equipment basically fielded for CBRS right now is, is using those standards in one form or another. Uh, what we've been doing is looking beyond uh, the uh, current uh, CBRS ecosystem to see how things need to expand and developing additional standards in support of that. So one of those areas is uh, the FCC recently completed their auction of the priority access licenses for CBRS. Um, those licenses uh, have now been assigned to users. And so we're developing recommendations and standards to help uh, establish a leasing market where uh, license holders can lease um, portions of the spectrum that they own in specific geographic areas to other users when they're not using it themselves. So um, documents for that are actually in ballot. Uh, part of that is we're gonna make some recommendations to the FCC on some things that they can do to help uh, facilitate and support how leasing. Uh, and we're also developing some standards to um, I'll make it uh, easier for an ecosystem to develop uh, to uh, make a leased spectrum available. And then the other thing we're doing is uh, working on uh, what we call our release two standards. The release two standards are basically adding additional features and capabilities to what's currently in the field and um, and using that to uh, primarily to support specific segments of the of the market so the baseline standards were just what they say baseline they they, they support the market as a whole and now we're looking at um, release two standards are features that uh, companies can pick and choose from based on their uh, market need or their their specific use cases um, to uh, to to support their customers uh, a couple that we've been working on more recently is uh, adding the ability for antennas multi-directional antenna patterns to be used 
in uh, determining interference. Uh, in the release one standards, uh, it, the antenna patterns were basically uh, sort of one direction, and this allows multiple direction uh, antenna, multi-direction antenna patterns to be used in determining interference. And then the other thing we're looking at is looking at things, adding capabilities for things like distributed antenna systems or DAS, uh, which will um, allow uh, equipment manufacturers that develop those kinds of systems uh, to have a, a cleaner interface into the into the ecosystem. So that's that's what's currently going on with Spectrum Sharing Committee. Okay, I'll, and I think I'll add to that that um, we are. We do have an open call for CBRS success stories. So we are creating a portion of our website um, dedicated to celebrating um, CBRS and the use cases. So if anyone out there has any of those, I will include links in the show notes um, for those to be submitted. Okay. Um, okay, so last but certainly not least, let's talk about six gigahertz committee. Sure, so six gigahertz committee is our newest committee. Uh, it's basically the the role of this committee is to develop uh, is uh, technical reports and standards in support of the new um, unlicensed six gigahertz band that's just been opened up by the FCC. So uh, a key element of the of the uh, architecture of the six gigahertz band is the use of um, automatic frequency coordination or AFC to uh, help to ensure that incumbents in the band aren't interfered with by the new uh, the new unlicensed entrance into the into the spectrum. So one of the things that we've just stood up within the wind forum is an AFC uh, functional specification work group and that work group is really looking at taking the FCC rules developing requirements for them and then extending those requirements to make sure a robust ecosystem can uh, be established uh, supporting the uh, supporting a license operation. Uh, the first document out of that group is actually heading for ballot as of this morning, and um, so we'll be publishing uh, the results of that uh, hopefully very soon. Uh, related activity, uh, which will feed into the functional specification work group, is we're developing uh, our members are developing a technical report on uh, building entry loss and how that will work in determining uh, interference to um, incumbents. And um, it's, a, it's a, a pretty detailed mathematical treaty, treat, treatment of building entry loss issues. And that also is heading to ballot and uh, will be available soon. Um, one of the other groups established within the six gigahertz committee is a uh, 3GPP uh, AFC SIG. And the goal of this group is really to perform a gap analysis of existing AFC interfaces developed by other standards organizations. And then based on this analysis, provide technical reports, technical specifications as needed to enable interfacing 3GPP based radio access technologies uh, standard access points to AFC systems. Uh, in addition, that special interest group is going to ensure uh, appropriate test cases are defined to verify the functionality of 3GPP uh, radio access technologies, um, the six gigahertz AFC interface, 
and when the FC and the system is the system under test and when the 3GPP uh, radio access technology is the device under test. So that group is, um, has just gotten started and is um, hopefully will have um, work products available for review by the public shortly. And then the final group, uh, which just got stood up and hasn't even had a meeting yet, is the test and certification work group. Uh, this is the group that's actually going to be developing uh, the test and certification um, specifications and test code against the AFC functional specification that's being coming out of the AFC functional specification worker. Um, they have stood up a GitHub repository for this test code, and so that's completed. Um, and I expect the group will, will get going in earnest in the, the next week or two. All right, that's, that's a lot. It. That's a lot. Okay. <laughs> uh, the forum's pretty busy right now. There's a there's a lot of things going on. Um, a lot of new bands that we're looking at, um, and uh, uh, a lot of work that needs to be done to uh, enable operation uh, shared operation within those bands. Yeah, I know that we we still have a full slate of meetings every week, and uh, everybody's been working hard and. Um, it's exciting stuff. So I think we will do this again in another few months and um, get everybody caught up on everything once again, because it's a constantly moving targets. So. Sure. All right. Well, thanks, Lee. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. I will probably talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Right. Mm -hmm.